My name is Allie, and welcome to Funny Fat Friend, a podcast about this bodacious biracial babe trying to find herself in film. Here's an update. We have been protesting here in Louisville for 106 days, and we still have no justice. I'm continuing to highlight organizations leading the way in racial justice and equity with this week, I'm going to tell you about Give for Good Louisville, which is the biggest day of local giving in the city. And it's a week from today, on September 17th. When you give to participating nonprofits on the 17th, your donation goes farther because it contributes to additional funding provided by community partners that are matching and giving based on the amount of unique donations these organizations receive. So even giving a few bucks goes a super long way for securing an extra like $1,000, for example, for that organization. You can find out more about this ruckus and fun day at giveforgoodlouisville.org. All right. I know it's been a minute. Well, it's been, I'm not, I don't know the math. I'm not going to say how many minutes. That would have been pretty fun, Um, but... It wouldn't have, never mind. It wouldn't have been fun. I don't care. I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> I took last week off. We didn't have a pod last week. Uh, last week I took off because I went to Washington, D.C. for the March on Washington. And it was uh, an extremely emotional and intense day. And it's disappointing, obviously, that, you know... It wasn't an anniversary march, you know, for history. It was a march for continued issues. So I hope that you all are keeping racial justice active in your lives. Um, If you are stalled out, don't know what else to do, reach out. Um, Reach out to organizations in your local community. If you have a BLM chapter or a surge chapter, reach out, stay engaged. This isn't gonna be short (laughs) right we're overturning centuries of oppression so um yeah let's do it why not right let's just let's just do it let's just keep on keeping on and make this world better we can do it why not um yeah (laughs) let's talk about this week's movie So I figured coming back, uh, I would do another series because even though Twilight was, um, one of the worst things I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst experiences (laughs) of my film watching life was watching the Twilight Saga. Uh, I thought that I definitely deserved a happier experience watching a film series. So... I'm coming back today with the first out of four movies in this series. Uh, It's it's very exciting. I'm extremely excited. (laughs) They were very formative to my childhood. And uh, they definitely helped make me the loud weirdo that I am. So, yeah, of course I'm talking about the Men in Black series. Know if you can actually feel uh, my extreme excitement right now, uh, <laughs> but it, it is intense. It's very intense. I love. I'm so in love with Men in Black. I think yeah. I hadn't seen it 
Oh, geez. Probably in like a decade. I hadn't seen the first movie since before college. Uh, but before that, it's the Men in Black series is a massive staple in my in my household. We watched it a lot. I remember going to the second movie. It was one of the first movies I like cognitively remember seeing in full in the theater. So this, yeah, this film series is super important to me. <laughs> but okay, yeah, let's start. We're starting at the beginning. We're starting at Men in Black. All right. Um, it's the first of four movies so far. Uh huh. It's open ended, but the last movie apparently did really bad. I haven't seen it. That's the only one I haven't seen. It's going to be that fourth one. Uh, it only came out last year. And I haven't seen it because I was sad by all the reviews, but we're staying hopeful. Okay, but Men in Black, the first movie. It came out in 1997. I was four years old, yo. That was a long time ago. Uh, and it had a budget of $90 million, which is bonkers. That's so much money in 1997. It's so much money now, honestly. But, like, not in movie world. <laughs> it's not that much. But in 1997 it was. And it grossed $589.4 million. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money now. So that's wild and amazing. How exciting. Did you get goosebumps? I got goosebumps when I found that out. <laughs> uh, but I'm the nerd. Uh, you can you can get that confirmed from my mother. I'm a nerd. So um, yeah, it's really exciting how successful this film was. Um, it's, it's like the golden age of Will Smith. I think a lot of people think of this time as the golden age of Will Smith. Even though to me... It never stopped. The golden age of Will Smith has been any moment Will Smith has existed. Uh, he is so wonderful. I love him so unabashedly, even on YouTube. He's goofy and ridiculous and phenomenal and makes me feel so good. I love him. I think he's really talented. Because <laughs> he is. He is talented. I'm not backing down. He is. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. All right, so yeah, that's the basics. 1997, Men in Black made a butt ton of money before 2000. That's wild. Okay, so yeah, sick. Let's get into it. All right, so right off the bat, which shook me, I didn't realize this until I was watching it as an adult who reads. <laughs> that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> as an adult who reads. <laughs> And watch his film now. Um, I noticed in the opening credits that this is a Marvel movie. That it's based on comics in the Mar like Marvel comics. I had no idea that it was based on comics. It makes a lot of sense. Like it's so interesting and cool. Of course, the comics did it. <laughs> but wow. Um, so yeah, I, I was a little disappointed that I was deeply in love with a Marvel franchise because I felt so cool having not seen very many Marvel movies in my life, but it's fine. But it does give me the question of like, all my superhero friends, I have so many of you, a lot of you that listen to this podcast really love Marvel because 
you have been in my DMs <laughs> about the Marvel movies, or you're just my friend and I know that you really like the Marvel movies. Um, does Is this like technically part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I don't really understand how the Marvel Cinematic Universe works because there's like all the weird stuff with like X-Men, but that was just like a studio thing. Uh, is it... Are are they here? <laughs> are Men in Black and like Spider Man happening in the same world? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Okay. Especially as complicated for the fourth one. I'll probably get more into it with the fourth one because Chris Hemsworth is in the fourth one. <laughs> okay. Um. Wow, this has been such a long... <sighs> Y'all, I'm going off my rails, you know? I can't be taking time away from these things, because I just... I blab. I blab, and I've gotten lazy with editing. But also, you guys have told me that you like it this way, so thank you for liking it rambly this way, because it makes it easier on me. I don't have to edit as much. Sick. So this is what you asked for. Um, no take backs. Okay, so yeah. This is a Marvel movie. <laughs> Thank you in advance for those who uh, get in my DMs or text me about whether it's part of the universe or not. Okay. So yeah, it opens. Uh, we're like driving down the road. We got a big old trucky van thing. I don't know. I think it's a covered truck. It doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's a trucky van thing that a man is driving and there are people in the back uh it is implied that they're like crossing the border illegally that sort of thing so they get pulled over by the police the state troopers i don't really know i guess it's border security but it was before ice so just racist i don't know <laughs> is that controversial i hope i would imagine that no one who listens to this podcast would be um a supporter of ice uh, if you are goodbye it's i can't say it's been a pleasure having you listen but so yeah there's border patrol police officers i'm not sure uh that are there and they're just like shitty white guys so of course. But they do have fun hats. Um, and they stop the truck. And they look in the back. There are people in the back of the truck. They make all the people get out. This is when Agent K and Agent D show up in their slick little car. In their nice suits. And they're like, yo, yo, yo. We'll take it from here. With our sunglasses on at night. And they definitely, the officers don't react enough to these homeboys rolling up all of a sudden. Um, because they're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Guess you're doing this now. And the agent, uh, Agent K is Tommy Lee Jones, who is just, yeah, he's like one of the hottest older men that has ever existed. He really is. He's so attractive. I thought he was super attractive when I was young, and I was right. He's a very hot man. He's a very, very hot 
wrinkly man and I don't know what it is. I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind if you think that's weird. I'm about it. He's hot. He's really hot. Uh, but he's going one by one down the line, talking to each person in Spanish and they're all responding to him and he gets to the second to last guy and he <laughs> starts to insult him in Spanish and the guy is just laughing <laughs> and uh, not giving any answers. And he's like, ah, okay, I think we got him. And so he tells everybody else that they can get back in the truck and keep on going and welcome to America. Gorgeous. I love this stance. <laughs> Honestly, this is a very pro-immigrant. Yeah, it is. It's blatantly a pro-immigration movie. Like, yeah. Every, yeah. If you're coming here to make a good life for yourself, come on in. Sick. Do your thing, homies. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Uh, so, and of course the other patrol officers are like, well, you can't do that. And he's like, shut up, do whatever I want. And, uh, so they get in the truck, they get to go away, but they keep the guy who obviously didn't speak any Spanish and they take him down into the field that is just next to the road when they're talking to him and they, uh, cut him open. But it's not gory. It's just a costume on top of this big old alien. His homeboy is is a he's tall and he got a lot of little eyeballs and hands. He's got so many little hands. Yeah, hands everywhere. It's very very fun, very interesting. <laughs> he's he's full of hands, and <laughs> apparently he is a criminal and is you know. Trying to come somewhere he's not supposed to be. And they're just trying to get him back where he's supposed to be. Of course, one of the patrol officers finally is like, What's going on? And he walks over and sees the alien and blows the cover. Uh, and so the alien decides that he's going to go murder him, I guess. It's a very quick turn of events. It doesn't make much sense, but the alien goes to go murder this man. and He's very scared. Agent D, who has been there this whole time, he's a very old man, uh, he just like falls over and is messing up and can't stop him. And then Agent K is able to shoot the alien. The alien explodes. And then they neuralize all of the officers, uh, which is wiping their memory. He has this weird little vibrator that wipes everybody's <laughs> Does look like a vibrator that wipes everybody's memory. Uh, and a team of other men in black people come to clean up the area. And Agent D is talking to Agent K and is like, yo, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I'm old. It's time to retire me. And so Agent K neuralizes him. And the next thing we know, we are in New York, and Will Smith is running through these streets, just on foot, booking it, chasing a man in an ugly, ugly 90s ski slope jacket. That's all I can think of it as. <laughs> He's got a puffy, shiny jacket on. He's chasing this man. He's like, NYPD, stop! You know, you know the classic stuff, you know. <laughs> um... 
But this man is like so fast that he is chasing. And he's like, this man is like unhumanly fast. Then this man jumps up and does some mad parkour and scales the side of the Guggenheim as a person cannot do. Uh, Will Smith only uh, pauses on that one. You know, he looks confused as Will Smith does. Um, and <laughs> But that does not stop him. He still chases him and he goes up to the roof. He's holding this man and the man's eyes blink like twice, like horizontally and vertically. And that's spooky. <laughs> and then he gets away. Um, yeah. And he is like, this is bonkers. This is wild. And you see him, he is in like the interrogation room later, the police office. Police office? Is that right? Is that what they're called? Station? The police station. (laughs) I got it. All right, we're okay. Okay, the police station. And uh, everybody's just like kind of giggling at him about the eyes thing because he's talking about the eyeballs being odd. Um, But then the coroner, for some reason, is there and is like, I believe you. Come see me after this. And she like walks away and we see a flash, like, which is the neuralizer. Um, And then Agent K comes into the room and sends the other cops away and takes Will Smith and uh it's like what'd you see uh what was tell me about it and then he neuralizes him but then the next scene is him agent k tommy lee jones and will smith hanging out together like at this restaurant that is like got like an aquarium behind it yo for real it looks exactly like the restaurant in catwoman that had the aquarium behind her (laughs) I'm not kidding. I don't think I'm completely wrong. Like, all right, let's let's look at it. They're not exactly the same, but like, it could have just been a thing. It could have just been, I guess, like an early 2000s, late 90s restaurant vibe where they have these big, weird aquariums and dramatic lighting. I completely can imagine that that could be a thing. Why don't we still have that? Um, It's cool. Uh, But yeah, so... (laughs) They're like, he's like laughing. Agent K is like laughing, telling some story. And Will Smith is very confused. And we are very confused. You know, we are Will Smith. We are Will Smith. And he's like, all right, here's my business card. You should come to this office tomorrow if you're still interested. And uh, we're like, huh? And Will Smith is like, huh? Because why did he neuralize him if he was just going to invite him to the office later you know i don't know i guess for the fun i don't know um it's it's fine um so will smith goes to the office the next day it's um it's this building that it has like this massive fan in the opening in the first room i don't know maybe we're gonna find out why there's that big fan i feel like we do find out in a later movie why there's a giant fan in there. Um, but I don't know. And he gets into the elevator and they take him down. 
and he is taken into a room that has all these other like military officials in it. And he's like, what's up, everybody? What, what are we doing? And they're like, we're here. We're the best of the best. And he's like, cool, but like, why are we here? And they're like, because we're the best. <laughs> but it turns out that it's like a job interview um, kind of thing. Uh, uh, the lead director comes in and uh, gives them all like a paper test to take. Um, which I don't know why. <laughs> They're all sitting in these weird little egg shaped chairs, which also I bring those back. I think those are from the nineties. It looks like you're sitting in an egg and that seems kind of fun, but they didn't give any of them like a clipboard or anything to write on. So they're all struggling to write on these papers because that is a very funny physical gag. I really enjoyed it. Will Smith broke his pencil like right away. So he's like finally trying to hold his pencil together and write like on his arm and all these different places. But there's like a small table in the room. And so he takes it and it's very hilarious. It's a very good sound gag of it loudly scraping across the ground as he moves it to his chair and he does the test which I guess that was the test was to who would move the table to use it <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's good uh, then they have a like a a shooting test I, I don't really know how to describe that better but like there's like a New York scene in front of them and there's like all these pop-up like monsters and aliens and stuff and like strobe lights and things and they all have guns and they're all shooting and will smith is just like standing there like overwhelmed and then calmly like takes one shot and then like all the lights come up and it stops and the director comes in and is like um mr edwards uh which is his last name is edwards what is his full name it's james daryl edwards the third um, he asked them, hey, Mr. Edwards, why did you shoot little Sally? And, like, on a conveyor belt, it pulls up the little, like, cardboard person. And it's this little girl with pigtails. And she's, like, holding school books standing there. And he's like, well, at first I was going to shoot this alien over here. But then I realized he's just exercising, just getting his workout in. And then I was going to shoot this other alien. But then I noticed he had Kleenex in his hand. So he's just like sneezy boy. Um, but then I noticed this little girl and she is carrying like metaphysics and really intense scholarly books that are definitely too old for her. So she is an evil genius, probably making a bomb. So I shot her. <laughs> Which is bad. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, everybody's like, wow, okay. And uh, he, the director leaves and goes and talks to like Agent K. And it's like, this man is like a live wire and has an attitude. But if he's who you want, he's who you want. And so we get the, we get to see that, oh, it's for his new partner. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> and Will Smith to the other guys it's like that was a good shot though <laughs> the will smith quips are are that's what you're seeing the movie for you guys you know when when you want to see a will smith movie you're doing it for the quips all right there's no hiding that we're doing it for the quips 
we are Will Smith and we do it for the quips. Um, so yeah, then the director comes back in and tells everybody they can leave or that they have an eye test. This is the last test. And he takes everybody in there. Uh, Agent K takes uh, Mr. Edwards off to the side. And we see that the eye test is just like a neuralizer. They all get flashed. And Agent K gives Will Smith the rundown about what is actually happening there. So it's a government agency that first made contact with aliens in 1961. And these alien refugees live in secret on Earth, and they're disguised as humans. And they call themselves MIB, or Men in Black. And they're just like a secret agency that polices the aliens, protects Earth from extraterrestrial threats, and uses memory-erasing neuralizers to keep alien activity a secret. So, that's cool. Um, but yeah. We see like a cute picture from the 60s, and it's a man with flowers handing them to the alien, and it's cute. And they parked the, <laughs> the UFOs at the top of the World's Fair things i don't know but it's like it's like famous iconography it's the image of it um so yeah he gives him that rundown and he's like yeah so if you want to join us come back here uh at this time you'll have to give up all of your life yep <laughs> uh which he goes and he sits in the park at sunset and then goes back and becomes agent j which is fun agent k and agent j i like it i'm into it yeah cool so yeah after that we finally get our conflict <laughs> and i'm gonna take a sip of my clan all right then we have our conflict in um this like rural area i it has to be in new york i'm assuming because everything else is in new york it's a it's drivable distance from mib so i assume it's in new york um in like rural probably upstate new york there's a like a spaceship crashes um next to this like small house and right before it happens we hear a man yelling about a woman being like not making his dinner well enough and being lazy and having a fat ass and you know just being a real piece of shit um and he's like the only good thing the only thing worthwhile in my life is my truck <laughs> which is Mwah, so good and of course, the spaceship crashes into the truck and the man comes out of the house and is like, what is that? And he looks and sees that it has crashed into the truck and he goes, of course. And he walks over and um, he gets uh, taken. He gets like sucked into the crater and his wife is like calling his name. I feel like it was like Ed or something. I don't remember. Um, I think so. I think it was Ed. And she's like, Ed. And, um, he comes back into the house and his, he is 
not looking right. You know what I'm saying? He is not looking right. He is like a melted candle of a man. You know, like his skin is a droopin'. Uh, not looking right at all. And he's got his voice is bonkers, which I, I have. <laughs> I actually like. I think I once. I once met a guy at a bar. It's <laughs> like a man once hit on me at the bar, and was doing impressions of like celebrities and things. I don't know. Trying to be funny. I'm not a, really a big impressions person, but like. If that's your talent, go off, you know, use your talents. <laughs> Just wasn't meant to be for us. But the one that I did really like was he did <laughs> this character. <laughs> he does this <laughs> weird <sighs> bug alien man. Because <laughs> the voice is really uncomfortable and weird. Um, and kind of funny, but like mainly scary. I don't know. So yeah, while you're watching this movie, if you rewatch it and listen to this man talk, just know there's somebody out there in the Louisville area that likes to go to bars and hit on people by doing this voice. So that should make you feel really happy. Because it makes me feel really happy. Um, didn't work out, you know? But... <laughs> he exists. And I, I hope he hope he finds the love of his life soon. <laughs> But okay, yeah, so this guy, Ed, uh, is, uh, got a scary, spooky voice. He's talking to his wife, um, or the alien, Ed, who's talking to his wife, and is like, give me sugar water. It kind of sounds like that. Actually, I did a pretty good job doing the impression. Sugar water. And <laughs> so she puts some sugar and water for him, and he drinks it, and she's like, Ed, you just, your face just isn't looking right. Um... It looks like, you know, your skin is, like, loose. And he's like, oh, is this better? And he pulls on the back of his head, and his, like, eyes are, like, popping out, and it's really scary. And she faints, um, as one would. Yay! So, yeah! Uh, <laughs> then we go back to MIB, where Agent J is getting trained, learning all the, all the things, looking at all the things they're teaching him about... The, the aliens and they're in like the command center and they like see all the pictures of all the people who are aliens currently in the world and there's like lots of celebrities on it um i remember sylvester stallone is the one that stands out to me in my mind my memory is to sylvester stallone is on their little board and uh, one of his teachers apparently as a child was an alien as well um but the chief is all like, hey, we have, like, uh, we can see that there was a crash in upstate New York or wherever. And if you could go check it out. And um, so they go to a grocery store first. And he's like, we need to do a little intel. And he picks up those, like, tabloid magazines with, like, the, my baby is a pig. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That was a really weird example of a headline, but, um, you know, it's just, like, the wild, um, I wish I remember the name of, like, there, there's, like, a, the name of the fam the most famous one, I can't remember right now, but, um, yeah, and Jay is all, like, really? These are all, like, just 
weird tabloids. And he was like, no, nah, it's, it's real for us. And there's one of them is my husband's body was taken over by an alien. Um, and lo and behold, they go to that woman's house. And it is the woman who had that alien crash into her front yard. So it is real. And they talk to her about it. And she's just like, yeah, he looked like not himself and was scary. And it was terrible. And so they're like, all right, cool, thanks. And they neuralize her. And Agent K is just like giving her like a random story. Just of like, there was like a sun flare and you thought you saw something. But that's just what it was. It was just like a pocket of gas and whatever. And Agent K is all like, that's it? That's the best you got? No. And he like is like, you're going to go into town. You're going to get yourself some nice dresses because you realize that you are better than this man and you deserve to have a nice life. <laughs> and stuff. It's really wholesome. It's very fun. I like it. Uh, and <laughs> they take the spaceship with them um, and are like, yep, so he can't leave. We have his ship home. So he's trapped here for at least a minute and that's good. So we see the ed ed is driving around now because he goes oh he meets an exterminator uh and he takes the exterminator's van after murdering him of course um and we see that he like releases cockroaches from his body so that's gross so he's just like a big bug alien uh inside of a skin suit cute he should run for government. <laughs> I'm very funny. Um, and <laughs> he's hunting down uh, this, like, small man. We see this uh, small, adorable man walking through the streets. And he is, like, following this guy. And the man goes into a cafe and meets up with a very tall man. <laughs> and uh, that's wholesome. Yep. And yeah, I think it's right before this. We also see, um, Monk. I don't remember Monk's name. Dang it. I should remember his name. He was in the band's visit on Broadway. And that was my job was knowing all of those people. Ah, oh, man. He's also in the marvelous Miss Maisel. He's the dad. Well, that guy, <laughs> Agent K and Agent J go into his pawn shop and because they, um, they find some, they're like, they're investigating about like who would have landed and that sort of thing. And he's like the head of the pawn shop and Agent K blows his head off and Agent J freaks out and it's like, that's excessive force. Ooh. Um, but his head grows back because he's an alien and that's what he can do. And he gives them some intel about like what the alien is doing here. It's like, he's trying to like get to the galaxy, like get to this alien's galaxy, something like that. And so that's what the little man is. The little man is like an official from that galaxy, I guess. And so back to the diner with little man and big man and they're hanging out and they're best friends and they're very cute together 
we find out that the little man is like royalty. Um, and he has his cat with him, which is very wholesome. There's a cat in a bag, which would never work with my cat. Matilda is a bitch. She's over here right now. Uh, she does not care about me calling her a bitch because she is one and would never sit in a bag. I can never take her to a diner. <sighs> so ruckus. But this cat is so, so well behaved at this diner with its person and it's sweet. Um, but yeah, they're having a nice lunch. Uh, but Ed comes in, alien Ed comes in after folding up a, a waiter we see his folded up body he takes his apron and stuff and uh, goes up to their table and is like haha I'm here to get your galaxy and they're both like you're never gonna get it like it doesn't matter what you do you're not gonna you'll never find it and he's like uh whatever but I will and on the table uh the smaller man had put out a little box that had diamonds in it that he was giving as a gift to his friend to give to his family, which is very sweet and wholesome. Um, but Ed, Ed alien, Ed bug doesn't know that. And he thinks it's the galaxy. So he murders both of them, uh, by like sticking a stinger through their necks, which is the times 1000. It was horrible to look at and they both die. Cat runs away. He grabs the thing of jewels and goes to his bug van uh-huh. and scoots away uh, uh, quickly followed by uh, agent K and agent J quickly after um, find out that those two have been murdered and they go to the morgue um, to kind of see what's what's going on you know and uh, Agent K and Agent J head to the morgue and they uh, look at the bodies, the little guy and the big guy. And it's the same chick from when Agent J was still in the NYPD and said that she knew weird stuff was happening. Um, she was is head of the morgue where they go, where the bodies are, they investigate. And they see that... Uh, they're both just like puppet suits, essentially. And the small man, his head opens up and there's a little bitty alien inside that is deeply cute, but it is dying and it's very sad. And it says that the galaxy is on Orion's belt. And so Agent J tells everybody that, but... They're like, nah, dude, look, this is Orion's belt. It's three stars. That ain't a galaxy. Which, like, you would have to imagine that they are creative and imaginative people that have to work at this agency. <laughs> but I get it for the plot needing to move forward and be interesting. Other things need to happen. So it couldn't just, they couldn't figure it out right away. It's fine. Um, but that does lead us to getting to meet, um... Frank. So yeah, it's Frank the Pug, which I think Frank the Pug is my grandmother's favorite 
character in the Men in Black series. Because he is. He's in all the... He's at least in the first two for sure. I remember him in the second one. Maybe he's in the third. I don't know about the fourth. Um, Frank the Pug is great. She also really loves... Oh, there's these alien guys that hang out at MIB headquarters that have these long bodies and they speak their own language um but they all go hey a lot and my grandma really likes them um (laughs) they're very enjoyable (laughs) but okay yes frank the puck uh in his little shack on the street and agent k goes up to him and agent j is like yo aliens are supposed to be disguised really well Cause there's like this old Transylvania looking man next to Frank the pug at this little shack. Uh, and, um, and it's funny because it turns out that the pug is the alien. And so agent K picks up the pug and starts shaking him on the street, shaking this dog and everybody is very disturbed. Um, but nobody really does anything about it because this is New York and no one cares. Um, <laughs> sorry. To my friends in New York, I know that you care. You're really great. Shout out to you all. You're wonderful. I hope you're okay. Um, but <laughs> that's the joke. Is that a grown adult man can be shaking a sweet little pug on the street. No one will do anything. But Frank finally gives up the intel that the reason the bug is hunting for the galaxy is that it can be used as like a like a generator, like a power source. This is really powerful. Um and that it is being housed into in a small like jewel and so they figure out oh jay does it because he's smart and he's the best agent jay is like oh orion that cat the cat was named orion that was with him it's on his collar because he's a genius and so they go back to the morgue and at this point the bug man Right, has figured out that he grabbed a bunch of diamonds and not the galaxy. And so he goes to the morgue to try and find where the galaxy is on the body, I suppose. And uh, he, like, it traps the morgue lady, is like holding her hostage, essentially. And, um, but at first he goes in to be like the receptionist is David Cross and he is actively like swatting flies and killing bugs and things. Um, so David Cross gets glued to the ceiling with like a web. Uh, I don't know. I guess this bug man is just every bug. He's just every bug. I am every bug. Yeah, that was a joke that needed to be made. You're welcome. Um, So yeah, we've got David Cross on the ceiling. And that clues the agents in that the bug is there. And um, Agent J goes down to the morgue and is talking to the morgue lady. Because the bug is just hiding. Uh, I guess wanting intel? I don't know. Um, And... Agent J just thinks that the morgue woman is hitting on him, which is a disappointment. Her name, I know her name starts with an L. Laurel. Yeah, Laurel is the name of the morgue woman. 
and she is not hitting on him. She is trying to notify him that there is the bug man sitting under the table in front of her, uh, trying to kill her. And so then he gets it eventually, and they fight. He gets out, and he's like, I'm a bad guy. And (laughs) yeah, uh, and he gets the galaxy from the cat and kidnaps Laurel and drives away. And then they find out that they're that um the the people uh the aliens who belong to the species of that sweet man ah was there the the Archilians is their name the aliens they bring a battleship and uh fire it at the earth being like give us our galaxy back or we're gonna blow you up because we'd rather blow up you and our galaxy than let that bug get our galaxy um so they're like you have a week which is an hour in earth time (laughs) Ah. (laughs) so um yeah so they're like well where's the bug going we have his spaceship and then Agent J is like, yo, remember conveniently that you told me that <laughs> those, like, spaceships are parked at the, yeah, the World's Fair. I bet he's going to go take one of those. So they go to the park. It's a park in New York <laughs> where the World's Fair was. And uh, he's right. That's where the, the bug's going. To get on one of those flying saucers. And yeah, the bug is crawling up to the flying saucers with Laurel. And Laurel's like, no. And she gets away. She like gets out of his clutches amazingly because she is a strong, independent woman and it's great. And uh, but he continues to climb up and uh, turn on one of those, you know, saucers. Uh, but of course, Jan K perfectly get there using like super hyper speed in the car. <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, they shoot it and they shoot it down. And, it, and it's good. But then the bug just gets out of its skin suit um, and it turns into a, a very scary bug. A very big old scary nasty bug man. And he starts running Rampage and eventually actually eats Agent K. And it's terrible. And uh, it tries to go to the other ship because, of course, there are two ships. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. Agent J, like, taunts it and, like by, like, killing some bugs and stuff and making it mad. And then Agent K, of course, blows it apart from the inside. Classic Greek move. You know it. You know when you get swallowed by the monster and you kill it from the inside. That's the way to do it. And so that's what he does. And, yep. <laughs> they save the galaxy. And it's great. hmm hmm Yeah. Um, there is like a moment of, of fear though, again, because they cut it in half, but then the head was still living, but then Laurel shoots it because she's a badass woman. And so that's dope. Um, 
So yeah, then they go back to the headquarters and Agent K reveals that he hasn't been training Agent J as his new partner. He has been training him as his replacement. Aww. And we find out that, you know, on that, at the World's Fair in 61, the flowers that he gave that alien were meant for his wife who has just been living all alone thinking that her husband has been in a coma for like 30 years. And so the next scene we see is Agent J at the supermarket like picking up those tabloids and one of them says, man wakes up from 35 year coma. Um, And it's a picture of Agent J with his wife. And it's so sweet. And um, yeah, and Agent J goes back to his car and his new partner is like, hey, we've got a new case and it's Laurel is his new partner and she's Agent L. And uh, yeah, and then it like kind of zooms out to the picture of like the whole, our whole galaxy and then it zooms out even more and we are like the size of a marble and then we see that our galaxy is just a marble that a big alien is playing with. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and that's that's the movie. It's dope. <laughs> dope as hell. It's so good. And all the it was really cool. All the special effects were really cool. They were still cool. It's 2020. I watched it and it was dope. Those graphics are cool. Those special effects and practical effects were sick. It was 97. That's amazing. Because I've seen bad effects now. I saw cats, y'all. Ugh. Oh, God. I saw cats. It was so bad. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So the movie has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, as it should. That is correct for the first time, like, ever. Rotten Tomatoes is correct. 92%. But on Letterboxd, it has a 3.5 out of 5 stars. That was really surprising. And I kind of got mad about that. <laughs> So I, like, read reviews that were, like, lower star ratings, and all of the reviews were positive. They were all people being like, wow, this movie was actually, like, really pretty good. Like, it's better than it should be. And I was like, then stop being an asshole and give it the stars it deserves. <sighs> but it's okay. Um, it's whatever. Who cares? It's fucking letterboxed. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna get on there. I'm gonna write a glowing review. Um. So yeah, do I identify with this movie? Um, no. <laughs> uh, maybe like feeling like an alien. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, just being like a weirdo <laughs> living in our world, fucking the status quo. Um. That sort of thing, I guess. Or the, you know, <laughs> the things aren't always as they seem in the world. I like all of that. I guess it's not me identifying with any of that. There were no characters in this movie um, that I identified with. Uh, <laughs> maybe Frank the Pug a little bit. Uh, <laughs> saying an asshole. Um, being pushed around by the white man. Me and Frank the Pug, you know. But, yeah, that's about it. 
But it is amazing. This is amazing. If you've never seen Men in Black, oh my god, please watch it. I know that you have now listened to this whole thing, um, which is the whole movie, but me talking about it is nothing compared to the visual excitement. I was, yeah, I was enthralled the whole time. I had a phenomenal time. It was so good. I'm very excited to watch the next ones. I, yeah. For real, somebody tell me about the Marvel connection. Like, if it is, could we someday see Men in Black and Spider-Man teaming up? Or Guardians of the Galaxy, right? That makes the most sense, actually. Guardians of the Galaxy and Men in Black is the actual thing that makes sense. Um, but whatever. Um, cool. So yeah, uh, that's it. Remember, uh, Gift for Good Louisville, September 17th. That's going to be next Thursday uh, when episode Men in Black 2 comes out. Um, so be sure to give. The giving starts at midnight um, on the 17th and goes until 11.59. They are like, if you give super early in the morning, there are additional like little prizes and stuff that those nonprofits get. They get like the earliest donations given and stuff like that. So for real, if you don't mind, or if you're going to be up late, get up and uh, give some money. Great organizations like uh, change today, change tomorrow is one of them. And the Louisville grocery young authors, greenhouse. Um, a lot of really great nonprofits here in Louisville. They're all participating if you go onto the website for Give for Good Louisville, they have like the full listing. They even have like a little like sectioned off like racial justice nonprofits um, that uh, are participating, that sort of thing. So you can get some information on all of those, learn about them, be wonderful, support, give, give a dollar, give two if you can. Um, yeah, so as always, thank you for listening. I love you dearly. And I would hide a galaxy on my cat Matilda's collar any time for you. Because that's, that's real love. Um, Alright, cool. <laughs> As always, I've been your funny frat friend, Allie. I'll talk at you next week. Alright, bye!